podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Liverpool in focus. One topic, one guest, every week. Hello and welcome to the Liverpool in Focus podcast. My name is John Buskell and as always I'm recording from the Doghouse studio here in Stockholm, Sweden. Now before I get on with the show I just wanted to say that my lovely Basset Hound Tia, who has always been in on every pod here in the Doghouse studio, she uh, she unfortunately passed away on Monday after losing a battle with uh, with cancer and so this episode is dedicated to my very special, my wonderful Tia. And on this week's show, I've got Chris Bradshaw. He reached out after I invited members of the AI community to get in touch if they had a topic for the show. And so Chris joins me to talk about his experience as an expat following Liverpool whilst living in Asia. He also talks about being uh, at boarding school and uh, being next to the son of a very, very, very famous Liverpool captain. So that was uh, that was an, that was a new one for the podcast, a fir- podcast, a first one. So thank you there for Chris for for coming on the show, and I do hope you enjoy this discussion. So Chris, why Liverpool? Yes, why Liverpool? Well, I'm not from Liverpool, as you can probably tell. I'm from the I'm from the southwest of England, um, a place called Bath near Bristol. Um, but why Liverpool? So I was about what nearly eight years old, and uh, my stepfather. Um, I really wanted, it was coming up to the World Cup 1990, and I really wanted an England World Cup top. And uh, so we went down there, and unfortunately, they were all sold out. So he bought me a Liverpool candy top. You remember the classic red candy Oh, yeah, strip? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he gave me that. And ever since then, um, I've been totally and utterly wrapped up in the Liverpool, uh, in the Liverpool story. So I put it down to my stepfather, and if he's hearing this, that's probably one of the best things uh, you uh, you could have done for me. The power of of shirts. The power of shirts. What's the um, What's the first side that you that you remember? Which manager? Which team? What, what's the first side oh, that uh, resonates? Yeah. So um, that season, uh, I got that candy top. I got the the, the red one and the grey one, and it's a penultimate crossroad in my life, really, because I, I was eight years old and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my mum didn't want me to go, but my dad did. My my real dad I went to boarding school uh, in Millfield, and and I I got the kits. I used to wear them out into town when we used to go shopping. I even had the shin pads on. And I remember I, I went to Millfield at eight years of age. One of the kind of the worst memories because it's never worse when your parents drive off and you're left in this massive school. But why I talk about it, John, is um, that season Liverpool were under Kenny Dalglish. We had the John Barnes, the, the Peter Beardsley, the Ray Housen, the Steve Nichols, the Alan Hansons, the Martin Lorisons, the Bruce Kovalas, mm. they just the Steve McMahons. It, that was the, the, I think it was uh, the season we beat Man United 4-0 at home. And Beardsley and Barnes and Rush scored. Oh, I loved watching that game. Anyway, guess who was in my dorm? Because there was about 16 boys in one, uh, in Chestnut House was the boarding house. N- no, none other than Fraser Sunes. And Fraser Sunes was Graham Sunes' son. So I couldn't believe this. He was next to me in my bed. I mean, well, we had a single bed, so he was the one next to me. And uh, he was manager of Rangers at that point. But of course, here comes a young eight-year-old boy into Millfield. I didn't know anyone. It was daunting. 
And suddenly I have Fraser Sunes, Graham Sunes' son next to me. And I've got John Barnes everywhere over my little, we were allowed a little chipboard, you know, a little uh, pin board to put things in next to our beds. Yeah. And I had pictures of John Barnes everywhere. He was my hero. And uh, I met uh, Graham, actually. He came and picked Fraser up. Um, as you can imagine, this school, Millfield, is uh, <laughs> full of a lot of, shall I say, uh, rich people. And um, he would come down on a helicopter and he picked Fraser up in a helicopter one time. And I met him. He shook my hand. And I, I, I hated boarding school, John. Um, I, I wanted to be with my mum and, uh, you know, as many kids at eight wanted to. So I only stayed there a year. But guess who became Liverpool manager the yeah. next year after I soon <laughs> 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 So it's, a, it's a wonderful story um, that, that I, I, I often think about that. And it just kind of connects me in with, you know, as I said, the unfolding story of being a Liverpool fan. That is fa- that's 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 fan- that's pretty fantastic. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. And and I would imagine that in in school and in a close, particularly a boarding school, um, mm. there's something very territorial uh, or tribal about uh, mm. clubs and you know your associations, your affiliations, your support. It really means a lot, and particularly at that you know at, at that age and having having those kits, which was so um, and Liverpool at that time were just a, a, a fantastic yeah. a fantastic side. Now you come on the show because you know we connected over Twitter after one of my calls. I think it was on the Nina Kowser show, and I said you know if you if you've got a topic and you'd love to talk about you know come on the In Focus podcast, yes. and it's great that you yeah. you got in got in touch. You wanted to talk a little bit about supporting Liverpool from abroad broad um why is that a topic that that's important to you chris well i i i mean in a way john because i'm not from liverpool as they say um <laughs> i kind of always supported them i suppose abroad whether it be you know that stint in boarding school living down in the southwest of england you know i haven't been there so to speak it was one of the main reasons i went to the university of liverpool to do my degree back in the early 2000s it was just you know i'm sure you've been there there's a there's just a it's got a soul about it liverpool um it's it's, i'm extremely indebted to it really it's given me wonderful things and wonderful memories and i've got some really good friends in liverpool and i love going back there i miss it actually i spent seven years there and did my uni i started my company up there as well so um but why is it important as an expat well i suppose leaving um, how shall I say, whether it's leaving home to go to boarding school or leaving the country to go abroad. I live in China now and I've lived in many countries in Asia. It, it, it's kind of uh, why it's important, John, is because it's more than football. It's a, uh, I think it's when I think about it, it's like a memory, a, a magnet, um, an anchor to my childhood, um, a security blanket in a sense, something where I, I feel, um, you know, um, fearless in a way and secure and happy. And whether we lose <laughs> or we win, um, you know, we're entertained. And it's just for me, uh, it's important because I guess it's been my life since I was that young, young boy. And, um, you know, life is about victories, defeats and, and, and things like that. And nothing more can be said than, than being a Liverpool follower as well. How have you... How have you followed Liverpool in in Asia? I mean, like like yourself. I mean, I've I lived in the UK as a kid, and uh, all my you know, and I've, I've for what over thirty five years, I've I've lived lived in well Denmark, Finland, Norway, uh, Sweden, um, and you know, Viking I've, kingdoms, John. Viking kingdoms. I've just I'm just watching. Sorry to interrupt. Very rude of me. 
but I'm just watching the, the series Vikings at the moment. And I, I can't I can't get enough of it. When my kids go to bed, I'm just watching like four or five. Yeah. And of course that's where that's where we're speaking to you from, yeah. Proper Viking kingdom, the Northmen. Yeah, but that's yeah, right. Well, I, I, that's right. My, my 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 son was watching it yesterday and he proudly announced <laughs> that, you know, because he's uh my wife's my wife's Icelandic, uh, he proudly 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 announced, you know, yes, of of course I am one of the true ones. Um but <laughs> you know, what was it? What what was it? What was it? What's it been like following Liverpool in Asia? I have no experience of that, other than that my other son lives in Japan, and I've tried to watch much matches over there. What's it like following Liverpool? You know, in Asia. Um, colourful and um, I think very rewarding. My, my wife's Japanese, actually, she's from Kobe, so that, I hope your daughter's having a, a, a nice time um, in Japan. Um, spent a good bit of time there. So following Liverpool in Asia is just wonderful and. Um, Okay, we can't go to the game, so to speak, in terms of going to Anfield. But John, to be honest, I lived in Liverpool seven years and the only tickets I ever got were the early European rounds. You know, I could never get a a game, uh, you know, Premier League game that was full. And uh, I've been on the list for so long, but I think I'm on the list of the list of the list. So um, I'm definitely an armchair pub uh, around your mates kind of guy. Mm. Um, But that's fine. And I think also it's wonderful when you live in countries that don't, obviously have English as their first language. But being a Liverpool supporter or a football supporter, but certainly Liverpool, you meet and kind of meet people like on the same level, you know, because they all know about English Premier League football. They certainly know about Liverpool and, you know, the Gerrard and the Owen and maybe mm. some will know about the Dardiches and the Sunasses. Um, but, of course, success breeds that uh, kind of knowing, I think. Um but, but supporting Liverpool away has been uh, abroad in Asia has been wonderful. You know, I've met many friends through it and, uh, you know, got to got to meet and have some great times through it, too. Whether it be, for example, when I lived in Japan 2005, I mean, we didn't have the best team, did we? But um, Benitez put it together. And of course, old Stevie G came uh, with him um, as his fearless co-pilot. And I remember in Japan, I couldn't watch the games, John, because of the time. And nowhere, I was in a small town called Takaoka um, in Toyamaken. And uh, I used to go down on Sunday mornings to the library because the only place I could get the internet. And I used to flick on the LiverpoolFC.tv website and cover the screen and then kind of move my hand down. And I never forget one time. Do you remember uh, Dibre Cisse? Mm. Um, on that season, he, God, he had a terrible compound fracture of the leg, didn't he? Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, oh, that. Goodness just, me. That, yeah, that really, yeah, that really ruined my weekend when I heard about that, uh, when I read about that. Uh, but of course, the Champion League games were shown. And um, was it that year when we won? We also, like this year, went through the qualifiers as well, right? So it's a really long Champions League uh, thing. Was that that was it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think the the reason I say I think so is because I remember Julia distinctly saying it was a real you know, a victory for finishing fourth and that, you know, Julia then got canned, you know, for talking about uh, finishing fourth as being a victory. So, so that's why I would err on the side of, yes, I think we definitely did go through the qualifiers that, that season. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And um, well, that leaves us in good stead for this year, doesn't it, John? (laughs) Um, So I was in in Japan and uh, of course the final came up and I managed to somehow get it in my house 
um, there was a TV channel and I, I remember I had a couple of teachers on the case to get it sorted for me. It was a big thing. And a good friend of mine, a South African friend, Sam, came to watch it in my place. And Dave, uh, he's passed on, unfortunately, Dave from, from uh, America. And we watched it together. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you know what happens as everyone listening to this does. We were 3-0 down. And I'll never forget my friend Dave at halftime as we opened a can of beer. It was about three in the morning. He said, don't worry, Chris. I said, why? He said, oh, my team's come back from three points down tons of times. <laughs> I said, who's that, Dave? It was his basketball team. Three <laughs> nil in basketball was a lot different to three nil in football. But of course, he was absolutely right. And I just, John, you remember it—that moment we won. And I, I mean, even when we came back three three, Shevchenko. I mean, well, the gods were on our side. I can't believe he missed that to make it four three. We win the penalties. There was so much noise, and in Japan, of course, the, the walls are paper thin. And the police knocked on our door. We had two police officers at five o'clock come. The neighbours had complained and were wondering what was going on. And of course, well, we could only tell them that Liverpool had won the Champions League for the fifth time. That, Very sorry, officer. That is, um, that's, that, yeah, absolutely. Yes, of course. Of course, the walls are paper thin. The walls are paper thin. Goodness me, I can imagine, I, 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 that's hilarious. Celebrating a victory and the, the, the Japanese police turn up for... <laughs> For, for for you make it for, and i'm sure your celebrations were you know jo- you know good natured etc cetera, etc cetera. but of course yeah goodness that's fantastic that's a really fantastic story did they understand did they know who liverpool were yeah, yeah they understood and we we did invite them in for a drink but as you can imagine at five o'clock in the morning i don't think a, a cop is going to be doing that oh. um unless they're liverpool supporters have you so have- that's that's one yeah, sorry, John. I was going to say, have you ever had any negative experiences, um, you know, being a Liverpool supporter, trying to watch the game, celebrating games whilst you've been in Asia? Um, actually, I think that would come very quickly, wouldn't it, if I had one? Um, I haven't at all. And I put that down to, I mean, being in, being in Asia for so long now, I mean, the culture and the people are very, um, how should you say, uh, you know, very friendly mm. and you know, they're not direct and in your face. And if they have a problem, it's it's not like maybe where we're from. <laughs> you know, we come and we say what we feel straight away in the heat mm-hmm. of passion. Uh, I haven't had any major problems. The only problem I've had is cycling to bars at two in the morning in Juhai, where I am now, when my TV connections cut out, which does happen not very frequently, trying to find where the game's on and having to plead with a manager to please keep open so I can just watch it on Chinese TV. That's been my only problem, and uh, they've always come through and allow me to, to do it. So nothing negative at all, oh. in my experience. So that's real, I mean, that ha- that's real dedication on your part. So you, you literally have oh, to yeah. get on your bike to go and hunt down the, the match. If the, the, you, you, you can't stream over there, I take it? or um, no, so it's very good. Uh, I'm going to make people very jealous, but maybe you want to come and, and live in China with us if you like this. But through, we have an ITV channel, and uh, so it connects into the internet, and it comes with the internet and the telephone and, and all that, uh, the bits and bobs. And for 299 RMB, RMB, which is about £25, I can get through Best TV, that's the service provider, all of the Premier League games um, every week, John, on my TV. So it's wonderful. Come Saturday, Sunday, uh, and at the moment it's good because there's only seven hours between GMT and us. Um, you know, I can watch all the games. And what's great is you can flick between the different ones um, and watch whatever you want. Of course, I don't really care about the other ones, but sometimes when it's getting 
towards the end of the season, you want to see what they're doing, right? But yeah, I watch the Liverpool games every week. And uh, the only downfall is the commentary is in Chinese, which I can understand a bit of, but your level's got to be really high to, to understand fluent commentary. Um, so I kind of turn that down, so to speak, and uh, I follow it with uh, you know BBC Live. But yeah, no, I get it very easily. As I said, sometimes the internet connection goes out. But dedicated is what I certainly am. Um, growing up, I used to listen to the radio um, under my pillow. I used to put it under my pillow so I could lean my ear onto it because obviously you needed the cushion. And I remember Alan Green on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights. Do you remember Torben Picnic, the central defender, Graham Souness, Paul? Yeah, yeah, player. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I remember him on a Tuesday grubby evening playing against, I don't know, Crystal Palace or something, making a mistake. But I used to listen to every game, and when I when I could watch it, I'd watch every game. And I'll tell you what, if we had a list, John, I probably have less than 10 games I've missed since I've supported Liverpool. I don't know what it is, but I am completely and utterly wrapped up in, as I said at the beginning, this unfolding story. <laughs> is there any difference between following um uh, following liverpool in japan as opposed to to china is, is is the restrictions in china does that make it harder i mean it sounds to me like you've got great access to to everything there oh good yeah good question um i think we need to so i was in japan when we won the champions leagues so that's what over 10 years ago all right hopefully not so long to go until we win the next <laughs> one um, anyway um, Moving on. But uh, I guess in those days, John, it was a bit more difficult. Internet wasn't completely everywhere like it is now. I mean, China's, you know, skipped. It's gone from A to Z in a way, technologically, um, because that's just where we are in the world at the moment. So it's really on board with all the most technological uh, Internet lines you can get, really. So I have no problems with that. In terms of supporters, what I do see in China now is a lot more Chelsea, Man United and certainly Man City tops. Um, than Liverpool. I think if you go to Hong Kong, which is an hour away by boat, that's very Liverpool orientated because it's got the history, um, because it's mingled with the, the West, so to speak, more because, you know, British rule and things like that. Um, and I was in Hong Kong. I took my young boy, Zach, uh, who's five, to the Hong Kong Asia Trophy last year. We got tickets. And so we went to that. That was wonderful. And of course, we won. Um, so we saw Jordan Henderson raise the Asia Trophy, but of course there's nothing to talk about, is it really, John? No. Um, for most Liverpool fans, it's just a warm-up, but it was nice for my my boy. Um, but the most wonderful thing is we went up to the hotel, I can't remember, I think it was the Hyatt, to try and see the players. And there was tons of Hong Kong people just lying outside the front, um, hoping to meet them. And I got in the lift, I managed to get upstairs, because, you know, I, I try my best to do as much as I can to say, you know, no regrets. I try my best to, to get in where I needed to get to. And I met one of the marketing people for Liverpool. And he was really nice. He got his schedule out in the lift and told me where they were training. And they weren't training outside. I don't know if you heard, but all the pitches were in terrible condition because of the water. It was raining a lot. Sure. And so they had to train indoors in the Hayek. So this is what, in the summer of last year. And um, the players weren't coming out to the evening to go and play, I think, Leicester City um, in the final. I can't remember the game. It was Leicester City. Anyway, as, um, as we were leaving the hotel, uh, I went and told the supporters the timetable. And they were like, oh, we're going to stay to the end. So we're going to stay another five hours. That wasn't possible because of my young boy. It's a bit too much for him. As we were leaving, guess who I saw in the shadows? And I, I, I couldn't miss that head of his. None other than John Barnes, my eight-year-old idol. Now, John, 
I take you back when I was at Liverpool University. I met quite a few of the players, Fowler, Aldridge, and I met Robbie Fowler in a nightclub. I met John Barnes on the docks one night at a business. And he, he was next to me. He came up next to me as I was ordering a pint of something. And I froze, John. I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm quite an outgoing person. And I, he was my hero of an eight-year-old boy going to boarding school. Um, it, I, 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 I love John Barnes so much. Uh, I wanted to be black, John. Um, that was literally... I, I was completely, I just loved John Barnes so much. And um, uh, I looked over at him and I couldn't talk. I just froze. I went all jelly. <laughs> and I always regretted that moment until Hong Kong last year. And my son, I think, gave me the confidence because he didn't really know who John Barnes was. So I stumbled in there and he was going down the escalators. I said, John, John. And he turned around and he was going for a meeting. I said, can I just have a photo? And he turns around and he goes, I've got a meeting. But yeah, sure. And, of course, he wasn't interested in me at all. He picked my son up straight away, put him around his shoulders, and I just thought that's absolutely wonderful. Brilliant. So I got to speak I got to speak and meet my, my idol um, Did- for me. And that was something I just energetically crossed off in my life. I just was really chuffed with that I th- to I th- meet John, and I got oh, yeah. to say so. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things that comes across here is that I, I think that's a really interesting a- anecdote, actually, because it, it – it sort of shows that, you know, if, if you're out and about following Liverpool around the world, and it's one of these promo events that they do, not one of the regular matches, they are, yeah. you know, you've really got to take chances if you want to get to meet people, and that they are a lovely bunch of guys, the vast majority of them, and they do have a lot of time for the fans. I think one of the things that you see nowadays is in, in the recognition of the value of supporters around the world, the value of these promo events. I saw the... um uh, the Liverpool legends over here in Sweden a couple of years back. And I just think that the whole vibe around the event was fantastic. They were so, um, it, it is the Liverpool family. And, and the fact that, you know, yeah. someone like John Barnes is still associated so strongly with the club and so cherished by so many people, you know, your generation, my generation. Right. Well, I mean, it has a history, doesn't it? It's, uh, it, it has history. And I think that's what makes Liverpool so wonderful. Um, 1892. Of course, Everton were the team then, weren't they? I think they even gave us that. Like, they used to uh, um, play at Anfield, if I remember, and we <laughs> took it over. Um, I don't know how many people would know that. But, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, as I say, I go back to a story. People say, oh, you're crazy watching Liverpool all the time. Because, really, you know, my wife, Japanese, um, she's obviously not an avid supporter. She's watched a few, um, has been my lucky charm sometimes and, and not my lucky charm. Um, but, you know, I've had to stop events and, you know, when we've gone on holiday before, I'm sure you know, John, it's like, right, I'm going out to find where I can watch the game um, because that's what I do. You know, I want to be a part of this unfolding story. It's wonderful. And um, so it's been a commitment and I've totally forgot where we're going with this, to be quite honest. Well, um, we were talking about history yeah well i mean I'm, I'm 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 very very interested in the whole experience of following uh liverpool in asia not just because you know from a podcast point of view but be, you know because of course i've traveled and lived all around the world myself and and find it you know the 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 value um and i think as you talked about at the beginning there that you have a connection to a side and no matter where you go that connection goes with you now 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 i've understood if i understand you correctly you know you've lived many years abroad is that right yeah coming up like 10 years now i think john yeah and is is following liverpool one of the ways that you 
you connect with your British roots? Uh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, on an unconscious level, I, I think it is that. I mean, uh, look, when I cook, um, when I listen to your Anfield uh, podcast, um, sorry, the Anfield Index, um, you know, I listen to Five Live. Um, it, it's my bit of Britishness, you know, and, uh, and, and, and there's that one kind of catalyst for all of it. There's that one port that everything connects into and it is LFC. Um, so, you know, there is no greater symbolism of you'll never walk alone, really, is there, to be honest, because you don't. I, th- I, th- I think you're right. I think for me, like I said, I you know, lived in England when I was a kid, um, and I, I've I've been a Liverpool supporter since '77, <clears throat> and for me, um, Liverpool has always been. It's a, it's like you know been an emotional thing. It was the first love of a small child, um, and I've associated you know so many key events in my life with you know following Liverpool and Liverpool's unfolding story. It's like the backdrop of my own story. Um, you know, no matter where I've gone, that there, there is that there is that journey. So, so as soon as you talk about, you know, the Dalgleish side, uh, John Barnes, you know, I can plug straight into that narrative. I know where I was. I know what I was doing. The- isn't it weird? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? John? It acts as almost a, a time calendar and an anchor to to where you were in life. And I always go back to football. It's like, what were you doing in 2000 or 1980 something? And and you just remember that season. It's really helpful, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, if you, if you go, if you go back to, to, to the, the, the Champions League 2000, 2005, you know, that, that this whole idea of, I I remember, I, of course, because it's such a pivotal match. I remember that much more, than the one a couple of seasons later, uh, when, yeah. when we arguably played better football, and I, I think actually, we, yeah, should have won that one. And I think we I, we got into the sort of groove of seeing ourselves as as European royalty again. Benitez's side was so good in Europe; we were we'd almost come to expect doing so well in Europe. But going back to to 2005, you know, I can I remember how how shocked and surprised I was that we'd even got there. The way that the whole final unfolds, and and I hadn't thought at that time. Of course, it would be so many years again until we make another yeah. Champions League final. Um, and and I don't know where coming coming into the match now against Kiev. Obviously, um, you know, have mm. you already thought about where you're going to be watching it? How you're going to be watching it? Yeah, mm, yeah. So. Uh, and, and this is a must, I think, for any expat uh, following Liverpool. Uh, you've got to set yourself up with where you're going. I could watch it like I've watched the earlier rounds at four in the morning or something um, in my office um, on the armchair streaming because the streaming's great here. Remember I told you about the Premier League channels yeah. I get? I get that every year, but I can't get Champions League. I don't do Champions League. So, um, But for this, I've got to be with friends. So we have a group of Liverpool supporters um, Funny enough, John, we haven't really met up to watch many games since the Brendan Rodgers nearly won the league, Steven Gerrard slip against Chelsea season. Um, that really kind of <laughs> put a dagger in our hearts. We're still coming <laughs> back from that, I think. And you, you talk about 10 years since 2005, but let's not forget about how far it's been since the league. I mean, I'd take a league over 10 Champions Leagues, John. What would you, just quickly putting you on the spot there, 10 Champions Leagues, or one league again. 
maybe 10 is a bit much isn't it 10 is a bit 10 is a bit much because 10 is kind of is is kind of like a ceremoniously absolutely destroying i think manchester united's ego would really struggle with with liverpool winning 10 champions leagues particularly on the back oh, of Madrid. losing against and madrid's yeah because I, I think i'd probably take 10 but if it was if it if it was if it was four or five if it was four if, I don't know. I think even five Champions Leagues is pretty good. I think I think winning the Premier League would be is something that I I used I used to go around thinking. I wonder when we'll win it again next in my lifetime, yeah. and I've I've gone from that stage to I hope we win it before I die. You know, I'm I'm now right. for, you know I'm now forty eight, and it's been a long long time since we won. Um, and and I've I've all all always assumed that we would win it again in my lifetime i'm now at the stage where i have actually started to think i hope we win it i'm 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 being optimistic now i really feel that we are a a really really good side but the premier league would be a phenomenal thing to 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 win and we should have won we should have won it the season leicester won it it was a fantastic opportunity we were the we were in a really good stable position that was that was disappointing. But going back to 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 next weekend's the original question. Yeah. Yes. What's yeah, fact, what's yeah. what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan for for watching the final? Well, and, and may I just caveat that we should have won it the season with Gerard slipped as well. Yes, that was our chance. <laughs> um, that was the one. But you know, Jurgen Klopp, if you watch those documentaries, has gone through hell with his teams. He's been relegated. He's come so close to winning and not winning. He's lost his last, what, six finals. Um, This is a man that knows how to go up and down and up and down the mountain. So I think time is due. Um, But anyway, let's not test the gods too much with that. I will be watching Kiev. What a silly place to hold a final in Kiev. I heard today 2,000 Real Madrid supporters have given their allocations back because of the logistics of getting there. Seems absolutely crazy to have a final there. Um, so who's ever sitting on the board um, working out those decisions needs to step down and step down quickly. Um, but Kiev, uh, I will be in the Irish bar. Hey, no surprise there, hey John. <laughs> An Irish bar in the Irish, <laughs> in the Irish Clover in Zhuhai City, Guangdong Province, China, with my Liverpool fellow Liverpool supporters. And I tell you one thing, the last time I watched a final there was when we played Sevilla. And we all know what happened after half time. That was a Daniel Sturridge any day winning uh, goal and unfortunately old Moreno headed that ball god knows where and uh, that started the the rot set in so to speak um but yeah so we will be we'll be at the same place with new management and hopefully um we will well should I use the word destiny John I think there's something magical about it I really do um I think you know it's not going to be easy it's going to be this way that way that way up, that way down. But, you know, I also feel, John, when was the last time you watched a Champions League final when a team absolutely plastered the other team? Because wouldn't it be amazing if it just clicked? And that kind of free-flowing, attacking, let's risk, take off our jackets and go for it, boys, winning the Champions League style like that, wouldn't it be amazing for the world around to just say, yeah, that's the way to play football? And, you know, Real Madrid were 2-0 up last night against Villarreal. And they lost two goals in the last 16 minutes. Terrible defending. So look, there are gaps. There Mm. are chances we can take. And again, it's just being crisp and taking them. You've seen so many Liverpool games where we haven't taken those chances. And, you know, come on, one of the three. I think Mane, there's something about Mane, John. He's got something 
everyone goes on about Salah and Firmino, and they're great. But Mane, he he is a final winner. I can he's someone that will score in a final. It's something about him. So I'm going to put that up. Anyone who wants to have a bet, I put Mane up there for a goal for sure. But I, I love, I love your enthusiasm. I love your reckless enthusiasm, Chris. He, you know, <laughs> here you are a couple of minutes ago. You've just, you've just reminded everyone that Klopp has lost his last six finals. Uh, and, and, and then you announce that you're watching, you're watching, <laughs> watching the final in the last, you know, uh, it, it, where you saw the Seville game where we threw away our lead at half time. And then you, you spin it around and turn it into, we'll play with, you know, the absolute panache. And that's, that's fantastic. Do you, do you really think that, you know, we've got nothing to fear going into this final? Well, we have got something to fear, haven't we? We've got lots to fear. Um, but, you know, it's like anything, John. These are thoughts in our head and we can listen to them and it will affect us or we can not listen to them and focus on something else. Change the radio channel, as they say. And I'm sure Klopp will be saying exactly that. He's lost his last six finals or whatever it is. Well, that was in the past. It's got nothing to do with now. And it's the same as, you know, us supporters. We haven't won it for so long. We've gone through all this stuff. It's got nothing to do. And now the players were not even involved in that. So it really is a case of, yes, we cherish the history. But now is the now. And <laughs> sorry to say it. I know it's kind of cliche and tongue in cheek. But these players now have to make their own history. And they've got a chance. And I tell you what, John, it could be their last chance. You know, this is the chance. There may not be any more. So, you know, it's 10 years since that time of mine in Japan and, and where you were watching it. So let's uh, let's go in there with absolutely no fear, as you say, even though they could be. And um, and let's and let's beat them and beat them well and um, play the football that we know we can. Exactly, exactly. I, I, thir, 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 thirteen, 13 years of 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 of, of, of really not. I hate cliches, this kind of, you know, dining at the top table, but I, I think this is the, this is the real opportunity to, to put Liverpool back into, uh, uh certainly other clubs' minds. What, what I'm trying to get at here is that if you look at the kind of football we've been playing this season, I don't think that there are that many professionals in, world football today who haven't been enthralled by what Liverpool have been doing if you're a player and you look at the kind of the verve the speed the the passion the unity the team you know the the, the sense of of team yeah. is teamship is that a word <laughs> that, that that that's going that's on to me, sounds good that's going on that's going on there you can't help but want to be part of this infectious momentum that seems to be around the club at the moment and I really believe that although Liverpool ha do have a banana skin in them we do have this capacity to slip up and throw things away we're not the, the we're not the the machine that we were in the 70s and the 80s where we were absolutely phenomenally yeah. ruthless you know with a player like Sunes now now we do you know we are playing with you know three three forwards who are amongst the very best in world football I, I i i really can't i really can't get away from the fact that this is one of the most exciting liverpool sides i've ever witnessed and they play on a you know it's 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 almost a tightrope of if it comes off it can be glorious and we can hit five goals but similarly we can concede two goals three goals very very quickly be, be, because it does seem to be this sort of all or nothing uh, and 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 yeah. if 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 we get it right, I think it it sends a signal out to 
top professionals out there because I think in terms of recruitment, we have not been able to attract some of the players the kind of caliber that we would want to be attracting. And I think winning the Champions League gives Klopp the, the momentum, the, the kudos to then turn around and say, now come to Anfield and, and help us win the Premier League to a number of players. Not, that's not to, to critique the, the, the current squad, but I think in, in any kind of business, if you're going to be better, if you're going to do better, you always need to be improving. And that is going to come from attracting the right kind of players. And I think winning the Champions League this season on a season when we have performed so phenomenally, 16 clean sheets, I think I read recently, we've been fantastic. We've scored so many goals. We need, we need silverware. To, to kind of yes. va- you know validate it, yeah, and you know it's it, isn't it just uh, it, and I think this is why we really live and love it, but it is a sword edge, John, because I was about to say, well, what if we don't win it? you know that's that's enough. We've got Liverpool out there, you know, thousands of people around the world would have seen this game on a news channel or a report or a paper, and they've got to the final, but is that enough? Well, it's kind of enough, but it's not as much as it would be if we won, right. And it's just, it's one game. It's 90 minutes, hopefully only 90 minutes. Um, and, and that's it. And, you know, here's the other thing. On the backdrop of that now, football's changed massively. Let, let's just think about that. It's harder than ever to win the Premier League now. Look what City have done. Look what Chelsea are doing. Look what Arsenal are doing. Man United are doing. Tottenham are doing. It's harder than ever now to win the Premier League. And if you look at the game yesterday, the FA Cup final, which I didn't watch, thank God. Klopp's way of playing football, like Guardiola's, is the complete opposite of Mourinho's. You know, if we if we look at it as a philosophy of life, mm. there's attack, his is defence. Um, but they both kind of work, you could say. But at the end of the day, it was always a game of entertainment. And I think that's what's so wonderful about this unfolding story of Liverpool, is that, yes, you said it, we may always slip up. But in a way, John, that's kind of entertaining, right? That is kind of entertaining. It's not boring. Life should be entertaining. One other thing about Liverpool, and I think this is a problem that we can never fix at the moment. Um, Maybe when London perhaps changes the capital to somewhere up north. I think we have a huge problem with that. In the old days, people didn't mind coming to live in Liverpool um, because they came to play for the football team. Nowadays, it's the wife. It's the families. It's all the entourage that comes with it that we don't really think about. They don't want to live in Liverpool. They don't want to be there. They want to be in the middle of the heart, the epicentre, the fashion capital, the financial centre. They want to be in London. And I think that's why these teams like Chelsea um, and the Tottenham's and Arsenal's have a greater pull in a way. Um, I, I, I don't think we attend, a lot of people think about that. But it's something we can never offer unless, as you said, we can offer trophies. And nothing better could be that than to win the Champions League against, let's put it this way, probably the kings of Europe. I mean, how many have they won, John? I think it's like eight or something, I don't know, nine or Real I Madrid. Mean, six. Yeah, I don't really want to think yeah, about I mean, it. No, I mean, but, you know, that's their royalty, aren't they? You know, they're propped up by the king and you know, they are the royalty of Europe. Well, here come the Vikings, the Northmen, and may they be slain because, and of course, with no blood, um, just the red of our shirts. Um, and let's see, but it's wonderfully romantic and it's going to be wonderfully entertaining. And I can't wait to see such great athletes battle against each other. Get ready, put your seatbelts on. 
this is going to be a final to remember. Now you raise the you raise the whole possibility of what happens if we don't win. Uh, I have my own routine here for what happens when Liverpool don't win something. Just a regular match. How I avoid everything. Come on, John, let, help me out here. Help me. <laughs> help you what my own my own risk is definitely to avoid the internet certainly um <laughs> uh, and any print media here because of course here in the the uh, you know just the the regular free newspapers and stuff that cover they you know we cover we cover all the uh the premier league here in sweden it's yeah. it's it's almost as popular if not more popular than the uh the Allsvenskan, the uh, the Swedish national league here. Um, what 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 hap- what what happens if you you know if we don't if you're in the pub, will will the pub be packed? Will the Irish bar be packed? No, I wouldn't say so. It'll be about two o'clock in the morning when it kicks off two two fifteen. Um, so no, I, I could imagine maybe thirty or forty people. Um, so it won't be rammed. I mean, Juhai is not a major city, although we are an hour from Hong Kong, certainly growing. But no, it won't be packed. Um, but if we lose, you're right, John, you stay away from the media. But I do like listening to places, you know, like the Anfield Index, uh, the, the uh, Nina show. You know, it does give you a bit of therapy, I think, has been mentioned before. Um, and just, oh, John, let's not go there. But one thing's for sure, if we do lose, we've been in that position before. So we know how to deal with it. Yeah. And that's I think the wonderful thing about football is there's always another match. Doesn't matter, you know, you know. There is. There's always another not match. True, not true, John. The end of the season has come, <laughs> and uh, and then we have to, of course, chuck ourselves into the pool of World Cupness, um, which I'm sure Sweden aren't even in it, are they? Oh, are you guys in it? Yeah, yeah, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, well, you have as fair as much chance as we do, I'm sure. So, but you know, again, it's like you just want it back, don't you? you want the Premier League season back. And uh, may we begin with being the champions of Europe, and uh, with a few more players under our belts. Uh, the the the, sto- the story the story starts at the story starts again. So before we before we start wrapping things up here, Chris, um, just yeah. just to stick with the the final one last one last question here. Um, how do you, how do you think Klopp's approach is going to be? Do you think it will be any different to what we've seen on the rest of the Champions League journey, or do you just think this is a Liverpool side that will be at full strength? I think it will be Jurgen Klopp is he's stubborn, isn't he? He in a way, um, and it's a great um, a benefit and a strong point. But I think as the years fly by, nothing stays at the top. John, we're on a, a rise, as we know, uh, like a business. But it will come to the point where we have to go down again. And you know, how long does a rise take? I don't think you get a, a team of the decade anymore, like we saw with Liverpool and, and Manchester United in the eighties and nineties. So we must enjoy this as Liverpool fans. And I, and I think Klopp will install exactly that same mentality. He's not going to be there forever. Steven Gerrard might never come <laughs> after wading his way up north to, to, to take on a massively daunting project there. Um, so he will go full guns, I'm sure. My only concern and worry is like a rocking horse, keeps you busy, gets you nowhere, so we shouldn't do it, is just the inexperience of our wonderful young players like Trent, who I just hope for their sake that they can, you know, man up and go out there and just take it as a regular game. Because I think when you saw that severe game, John, and I think Klopp, you could see the anguish in him from being 1-0 up and losing that early goal in the second half. And I will be in the same bar. 
And if it happens again, we will be in the same position and we need to keep our heads up. And Liverpool always are able to do that. And the teams like Man United were always able to do that because it's only one goal, as Klopp says. And I just hope that, you know, sports at the top elite level, they're all physically amazing. They're all fit as each other, really. But it's that mental stuff. That was always why I believe Tim Hemman never succeeded. And um, what's his name? Andy Murray did. There was just more, a little bit more up there in the, in the mental stakes. And um, can you train that really? Yes, perhaps. Um, and I just hope that our players are ready for it. Someone like a Van Dyke is what you need in that back line. And I, I think he could become extremely important in the next uh, week or so, I think, to that, to that game, as could, haste I say it, that, uh, Lovren. Because, as they say, a Croatia will win either way. Kovacic, because it Kovacic and um, the other lovely player from Tottenham is in the middle. They're both Croatian. So they will, they will win whatever happens. And I just feel that some of our players that have been drubbed over the last few years may come up trumps. And I think that would be absolutely wonderful. Hey, John, I'll leave you with this. What would you say if Danny Ings scored the winning goal? I would, oh, I would, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would say yeah. that live, I would say that football is the most romantic journey ever yeah. out there and that all narratives lead to, to absolute victory until the next day. I mean, it would just be fun. That to me, I've been thinking about that for weeks, actually. I would just love it from a purely, it would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We go down. It would be another part of Liverpool's great history. Uh, and romance. And, you know, John, another thing I think about being an extremely over-dedicated, committed, some would say a little bit crazed, drugged supporter of Liverpool is, you know, do you really have an effect? Does it really matter? Do they really care when they lift the Champions League about, you know, us guys who watch on and support? And you know what? I actually do think we have an effect in a way. Uh, You know, let's not talk about dimensions and energy and things like this but i think a group of people together um not in meditation but supporting and focusing on something with positive um emotions and i say positive to everyone out there because we have to be positive if we say oh it's going to happen again and we're never going to win the league then you know reality will be just that and hasn't it been so i think as klopp has always said we must change our belief we must raise the believers again that we can do it and I really, really think we could. This is a great team, Real Madrid, but so are we. So it will be great versus great. And anything can happen in 90 minutes. We've got just as much of a chance if we keep our heads. So, yes, wonderful. Can't wait. Come on, Liverpool. So thanks again, Chris, for coming on the show. If you'd like to get in touch with Chris and you're interested in, in talking Liverpool, you'll find him on Twitter at ChrisJBradshaw1, the numeral. Chris J. Bradshaw 1. Or if you'd like to get in touch with Chris and are interested in all things China related, uh, do check out and contact him through his China Jedi podcast platform, which is over at chinajedi.com. If you want to talk Liverpool or Basset Hounds with me, just reach out to me on Twitter at John Buskell, J O N B U S C A L. Remember, share likes, links, social mentions of this podcast to the, the, the peeps that you're, you're friendly with on social media. I would love that. It's a great way of getting more people to discover the show and to listen to what we're doing here on In Focus. 
In the meantime, well, I'm very excited about Saturday's Champions League final. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping for the very, very best. Wherever you are in the world, I do hope, if you're listening to this before the final, that you have a good match. And more importantly, the team have a great match. You'll never walk alone. Liverpool in focus. One topic, one guest, every week. Sports Social Podcast Network.